the Saturday Night Dance Party. Are you ready to with Jam and JP. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... Stevie B, the stories behind the songs. Oh, yeah. It's the Saturday Night Dance Party with Jam and JP. Our guest today is known worldwide as the king of freestyle. I say he is one of the best artists to ever do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce to the Saturday Night Dance Party with Jam and JP... The man, Stevie B. How you doing tonight, Stevie B? Jamming. Yeah, we good, Mr. P. <laughs> we good, JP. Mr. P. And, and, yes, uh, sir. In 1986, uh, Stevie, I graduated high school, and I mm-hmm. moved to a lake house uh, with a couple of my friends, and I went. I started going out. I was uh, from a little small town in North Carolina in the mountains where we didn't know anything but top 40 music. And I moved to a town that had clubs. And I started going out, and I started hearing Stevie B. I started hearing all these artists, and it opened up a new window of uh, music for me. And Mm -hmm. I decided to start DJing. And one of the very first six records that I bought, was Stevie B, Dreaming of Love. And what is so cool, Stevie, (laughs) is I have interviewed five of the six people already that I started with my record collection. Ain't that pretty cool? That's pretty good, uh, Jamin. That's that's, that's damn good because if you get to, you know, interview the people that you uh, idolize when you first start listening to this music, that's fantastic. Absolutely. And it is an honor to have you on the show, Stevie. You have done so much as an artist. You have stood the test of time and you will always because of the music that you have made. You've went through, what, four generations of music <laughs> changes and you started out with freestyle and then made the changes in the 90s. And we'll get to that. But when did you fall in love with music, Stevie? Tell me some background of you growing up, where you grew up. When you fell in love with music and when you knew that you wanted to be an artist, sir? Music was always in my blood. I listened to Smokey Robinson. I listened to Aretha Franklin. I listened to Al Green. Anything that was on uh, 60s and 70s radio, I liked uh, I liked Sinatra. I liked uh, Sammy Davis Jr. I liked all those. I'm going to be 65 in a couple of months. So um, the generations that I've listened to when I was growing up, but even those that were... Uh, already settled in stuff that was from the fifties and the sixties. I was fans of those. Uh, Marvin Gaye, any of the seventies soul groups, that kind of stuff. But I like folk music. Uh, James Taylor, I liked everybody. So my musical tastes go way back. I started singing in a band about, uh, eighth grade. And, um, once I finished high school, went to Florida A&M University, and I thought I was going to be a tennis player. Uh, when that didn't pan out, I traveled back to Florida and uh, started to try to learn how to produce. Um, I started producing my own studio once I had a few pieces of equipment. Uh, did the BBS and p record first, I Need You.
right when this Latin freestyle thing, uh, Latin hip hop, we went through some metamorphosis to come with with this name freestyle that came later. But I heard some of the stuff that was coming out of New York City and it impressed me and I thought that I could compete with uh, this the people that were in that drama with my vocal style and stuff like that. I didn't know what it would morph into, but I knew that uh, the people that were presenting themselves at the time, I said, well, shit, I can get with that. And I did the Party of Body record. I met Tolga, Cadis, and we did Party of Body, and I pressed it up on my Midtown label. And um, the rest is history from there. Stevie, what was the influences out in New York? Everybody that I have been interviewing, they've been saying that Shannon let the music play change the game. She created the game, her and Naomi and Trinir was one of the first ones also. When it wasn't even a genre, uh, they were trying to find their way. The people that were promoting them thought they were going to go into R&B, but that wasn't R&B. But because there wasn't a genre, the promotions people were a little bit confused. Um, As it started to morph into something that was going to be lasting, uh, you start to see independent labels come on board, and they started to invest in uh, a couple of the groups that, uh, uh, TKA came out with One Way Love. I heard Noel come out early on. Uh, um, uh, the, the girls out of Miami with Louis Martinet, uh, uh, Expose. Yeah. Um, they were starting to, really starting to heat up. And then, of course, um, I was ready to release Party of Body and got into the mix show at Power 96 in Miami with Bill Tanner and uh, as I pressed it up it got a little bit of distribution in New York and Holly this lady named Holly from the distributor walked it into the radio station I think it was Hot 103 at the time and they loved it and they put it in rotation and lo and behold um, Party Body took off as a a hit record at at that time, 
Because part of your body had such a hard sound to it. I'm talking about in a good way. I mean, it, it's pounding. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Because there was nothing hitting that hard back in. Well, this is the uniqueness of discovering. I mean, I did the beats, and uh, that horn part was uh, written by Jesus, uh, well, two brothers out of... Um, Miami, Calvin and Carlton Mills, who produce, produce for Joy Boy. Get it, boy. Get, 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 get it, boy. And Carlton and Calvin came to my studio one time. We didn't even have that bump, bump, bump yet. And uh, uh, they heard the track, and and I said, do some shit, you know. And they they put that part, and I'm like, wow, that shit is hard. And so nobody's using on horns like that uh so it was something different in you oh it was meant for like a more of a chanting type type things heavy percussions we tried to go heavy miami latino percussion driven because who was listening to this in the beginning was all cubans puerto ricans dominicans the latinos italians and they love rhythmic stuff so um we made sure that uh, you know and at that time I was really getting heavy into the 808 programming and uh, Tolga and PJ were next to me so uh, it morphed into something really big the Emacs which is the sampler was making its debut and we, <laughs> we were like kids in a candy store with a new toy we utilized it Dreaming mm-hmm. of love. Tell me about dreaming of love, Stevie. Where that came from, and the you get a sense of that in part of your body a little bit. Dun dun dun. But you went so hard on it, man. It it was amazing. Nobody did that sound like you did in dreaming of love. Tell me about that. When the first single was underway, uh, the label would only give me a a, a single single deals. So I was like, you know, are we going to do an album? You know, that was unheard of at the time, you know. And uh, I say, they would say, oh, we're going to see. We'll see about it, you know. I say, what you mean you want to see about it, man? I got a lot in me. So me and Togo were in New York City. 
at the Summit Hotel, he had the uh, Emacs. I had the drum machine, and uh, he put up a beat, you know. And I say, well, Jesus, this is magical. I said, I'm going to write to it right now. So I didn't have any recording gear other than a cassette cassette box. You know, we could just push record and and just play, uh, you know, just a stereo recording. So uh, Toga came up with the the melody line. I came up. I'm dreaming of love, thinking of you. I don't know happened to the love we share. So I must have wrote that in Bobby about. 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Wish I'd known it from the start that you would come and break my heart. So that was an easy write. I say, well, let me, I was right around the corner from the record company in New York. So uh, I said, I'm going to go walk this over there and I'm going to sing it to them live while the track is playing. I'm going to do exactly what I just did. I said, let me, let me, uh, let me sing it to her, which was, uh, was the owner of the label at the time. Sometimes I think it's just not fair 
Set in, I sang it, and immediately. Okay, okay. Well, that's it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm convinced. I got a, I got an album deal from that uh, "Dreaming of Love" and singing it to him live in the studio. To me, that not in the studio, and he's off in the office. In the office, I'm sorry. Yeah, because that song, you had so much love in you, so much passion that it just yes. came out. It, it was an amazing lot. Yes. That that tra- that translated onto track that. See that we were so raw, and we were so ready to um, expose what we had in us. It, it was a self discovery. Uh, talk about how this lane or this genre of music helped us uh, to discover some of our capabilities that we probably would not have been able to do in other genres they would not have accepted it so uh, I believe that the universe allowed this genre to you know flourish for those of us that went on to be icons in, in our genre it's an amazing track and I, and I love the dub to it too it was just a beautiful mm-hmm. piece of music in the way that it I, 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 I dream of I remember it very clearly. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> Thank, and, you, man. Thank and, you, man. And then Spring Love came out. Mm. And to me, that is the song that has stood the test of time for Stevie B. Mm. I'm telling you, it, it don't get the record credits because of the sales, blah, blah, blah. But if you talk to people that love dance music that grew up at that time, mm-hmm. Spring Love is the hidden jewel. It's the uh, it's the underground classic. It is of all classics. Uh, it um, really is. Yes, it's unproducible. You know, I tried many times to try to do something as good, but you know, you learn your lesson. You know, one time is enough. You just did it, and it's magical. Yes, sir. And the thing is, though, Stevie, is that. You wrote that, and you had so much passion in your heart. Do you remember the person that inspired you for that song, Stevie? Was it the girl in the video? It was not the girl in the video. The girl is in the video I met later. Uh, she's a girl out of uh, New Jersey. And um, 
when I wrote that song, I originally wrote it as a duet. It was uh, I, I was thinking about uh, summers or springtime in South Florida, and I didn't have any particular girl, but I had a particular idea of what it was like to be in love during that period. And it was something special to be down here in the springtime. Well, when I say down here, I mean South Florida. I'm not there now. But um, it, it was magical to be here in this climate and to be, you know, next to beaches and all that kind of stuff. So I uh, visualized it like that. And I tried to give it to uh, a manager of uh, Cynthia Roundtree. And Cynthia had a little hot record out at the time, and I and I wasn't even Stevie B then. I was like coming up, and I say, "Well, shit, this would be good with me and Cynthia." So I took it to her manager, and he turned it down. He said, "Bro, I'm not feeling that record." And uh, JP, I gotta tell you, I'm so fucking glad he turned it down. <laughs> Because it changed, it changed my life, and it became uh, a, a classic historical hit record. So uh, that's a little bit, of, a little ditty behind that record. Thank God he hated it.
classic that that stands the test of time. You put that seven inch or the twelve inch on on the dance. Oh yeah, it makes it pop today. And I have stood the test of time of DJing. Mm-hmm. And that song has never died. The freestyle died. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a song or two that stands the test of time. And Spring Love was one of the songs that stood the test of time for you, Stevie. Now, while we're here, did you do you miss that car, Stevie? <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. Tell me some stories about that, Stevie. Come on. That is not the car. Everybody thought I picked that fucking sunbird. That is not the, the. There was on that video shoot. It was supposed to be a Corvette, and the Corvette something happened. They couldn't make it, and we were already on the shoot, and we didn't find out. So pops, who used to work for me, old dude, he had that sunbird with the fucking. Uh, I think it had the tiger, tiger seat covers. And it was a convertible. And we didn't have a choice. We were already in. And I said, I said, fuck it, I got to do it with the sunbird. And it wind up and it worked. <laughs> it was classic, but that that's not that wasn't what I was trying to do the video in. I was trying to do it in a vet. So uh, uh the the sunbird made the made the uh actors cut. I got you. And it and it got in the video and <laughs> People ask me about that sunbird from time to time, but that ain't the damn car I picked. <laughs> Just for the damn record. I got you, man. That's hilarious. But yeah, you wanted a convertible and it didn't work out, but you know, it, it looks real. And, uh-huh. and while we're here, uh, you're talking about trying to reproduce Spring Love to try to get back here. I tell kids all the time, Stevie. They're at that time, 13 to 21, 23. I say, you're writing music. Write everything down because it's all hearts. You've got all these dreams in your head. And Spring Love was a song that you dreamed of the dream girl, the dream relationship. It was a dream. And you wrote all those feelings that you had back in the day that – emotions the excitement of having that beautiful relationship wouldn't you yeah. agree to that i would agree 100 percent because uh the, the imaginary story is probably what lives in most of us and i think that's why it uh caught on also i mean beside it being a fucking monster ass track uh, I think it was uh, it told a, f- a story of fantasy and we all wished for that spring love and uh, eventually I got the spring love I mean you know and I got the girl in the video too so guess what uh, I had my cake I, I had my cake and eat it too there you go that's cool now Stevie okay. after spring love you, I couldn't wait for your new album. I heard uh, there was <laughs> there was so much buzz because back in the day, let's break it down. Now, are you talking about the the, the party of Adi album, or you talking about the next album after all that stuff? The next album, 
Oh, you're gonna skip. You're gonna skip over. You're gonna skip over all the the good stuff that was on that Party Body album. No, we're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna let you talk about it. You just okay. You go as okay. far as you want to okay. go with it, brother. Let me say this before you get there. Back in the day, there was no internet. There was no anything. The only way that you could get music back in the day that wasn't on the radio was in the record pools. And when you released an album, you had to wait six weeks. When you heard it on the radio, you said, man, i got to have that song. That's Stevie B. And you'd find, go to the record stores, you'd have to yeah. wait six weeks for the record to be released. And then the building yeah, up well, all the – am I right, Stevie? <clears throat> well, it, you know, you got to remember, the label didn't just give us an album budgets. So it, t- it took me a while to get the album budget and then it took me a while to finish up the actual album because I was on the road at the time so I was only recording when I go back home and uh, Togo and I would just uh, finish them one by one and uh, if you listen to that album it's not strictly freestyle because we don't know what is freestyle we were just doing you know I was going to have a certain amount of cuts that were dance, and then I had ballads that I wanted to do. And at that time, the record company didn't know if I could do ballads or not. So they were kind of, what are you going to do? I mean, are you going to stick with the club thing? Or do you, you know, are you like a pop artist? They don't, remember, they don't know what I am. I'm a brand new creation. And, of course, they want me to stick with what was working for us me as an artist and them as a label, uh, what are we going to do if you come up with these ballads and all that kind of stuff? So that album got pretty deep into some really cool stuff, Day and Night, um, uh, Stop the Love. I had quite a few. I can't remember all the songs now. You're talking a long time ago. But it definitely led into uh, a second album. Because that one went gold and eventually platinum. And then uh, I had uh, I Want to Be the One. And that's what uh, kind of kicked that thing into second gear in a, in a heavy way. I want to talk about that because that second album that came out, I was so excited about it. And I got it the day that it came out, the CD. Wow. Yeah, I was wow, so excited, amazing. man. Because, man, you, you is it to me i mean everything stevie i'm i'm not i've I've lived this life with you i've just been in north carolina man you know what i'm saying i have it every (laughs) but you had me imprisoned at your house in your in your record crates huh (laughs) i have man and when that album came out stevie you again changed the game with the direction because when i first heard that i was a not, I don't call it freestyle. I'll call it pure dance music, 80s underground club mm-hmm. music. I get tired of that. Yeah, that freestyle thing came on later. Yeah, it did. Thank you very much. We're together on that. Mm-hmm. But when that yeah, came yes. out, though, you went in a totally different direction. I mean, the music got it had layers. It was deep. And also the wording in it was good, too. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that because uh, your first cut on that, was I want to be the one? Tell me about that song. What that song was the closest to the first album of any of them on the tracks to me because you just took out some stuff, added some stuff to that. That was like a that that could have fit on the first album. 
Well, you couldn't because I didn't have it ready yet. But the I hadn't silent, written it yet. So, so uh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, it could have. So, um, I want to be the one came in when I uh, recruited Dadjel, the Hawaiian kid that became my keyboard player out of San Jose. And uh, as Dadjel began to settle in with me, um, Wanna Be the One was one of the first tracks that we did together. And I went over to, I think, over to Brooklyn. And I went into Dr. York Studios one night, and we just tracked it. And I, and I, cons- I, I call myself just going to do the demo. So I uh, went in and I cut the vote. Uh, you know, we laid all the tracks down. They had a beautiful studio, big Harrison board. And if people know uh, technical stuff, Harrison at that time was one of the big boy boards like SSL and Neve. And uh, I stayed until I cut all the vocals and I did a rough mix just to take it with me. And to see if I was going to do any changes. And um, I took the masters with me. And I took a, uh, um, I think I might have did a quarter inch or a half inch master with me at the time. And that demo became what everybody hears as the single. Because at the time when I was doing the drum tracks, I wanted it to be like Marvin Gaye, Sexual Healing. It didn't have any snare drum. It was just a clap. And if you listen to Wanna Be The One, no snare drum. So I said, I'm not going to keep it without a snare. And then record company, they leave it just like it is. We like it. Just like that. That's going to be the single.
So what you hear on the album and what became the hit record is that demo I took um, uh, that night and it became the single that everybody hears to this day. We did a remix later, but uh, that version you hear without the snare drum, which is the cloud, became the, uh, the classic. Was there any inspiration on writing that song? Was after Spring Love, you'd made some success, got the got the record deal for the album. So you had your pick of the litter. Was there a, a do you remember the inspiration of that or was it just a time in your life where you just hey man, you're living on cloud nine? I was just full of aspiration and inspiration. Uh there was no particular one in my life at that time, but I just thought about my life. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a imaginary story, what we all yearn for. And, um, the, you know, the, the universe of thoughts sent that one to me. Thank goodness to the universe of thoughts. <laughs> I know that's right, man. I know that's yes, right. sir. I remember the Allison. Say hey to Allison. She was a spring love person. I can't remember earlier. Say something. Yeah. Hello, Allison. How are you? Thank you for all your support. And uh, JP says you guys are big Stevie B fans. I appreciate you uh, so much. Thank you. Now, In Your Eyes came out. That that really changed the game on the way that the music was the music was changing after your first album. 
and you changed with it. And man, you just, you was on point on the music. Tell me about mm-hmm. in your eyes, the music part of it. And tell me some stories about that song, Stevie, because I love that song because the, what the slow build up on that song. I mean, the intro on it is amazing. Even today you put it on, you ain't heard it in a while or heard it two weeks mm-hmm. ago. It takes you on a journey before you <coughs> even say a word. Well, it starts off with the, with the 808 and the strings. So when I programmed the, the drum, they were so cool. So uh, uh, once the bed comes in on the strings, um, it was one of those little quiet, quiet songs, you know. Got to believe there's something inside of me. You I say I'm good just so fast. It's the way you make. Now that one was inspired by somebody that I was uh, dating at the time. So uh, that, that's a that's a true story. And uh, that was one of the songs that was inspired by her.
the nuclear bomb comes down, the biggest track, mm-hmm. because I love you. Mm. I know you've talked about this a million times, but just give me a short, brief <laughs> story on this one. Now, Stevie, I'm going to tell you right now, I love that song, but it's not my favorite, mm-hmm. Stevie B, because I'm a, I'm a spring love. I'm a dreaming of love. I'm a part Let of your body. You Let me tell you about it first before you say that. Majority of people who know that song think it's a love song between a, a, um, a romance, guy and girl romance song. But really, because I love it, it's a gospel song. And uh, Warren Ellis, who wrote the song, I had heard it. Yeah, Warren Ellen Brooks wrote the. Yeah, Warren. Yeah, Warren Ellen Brooks and I were partners. Let's say back in ninety. I mean eighty five. In a little group that I had called Friday Friday, and we did a record uh, that got picked up by Macola Records. It was um, it was called Boy Toy. And uh, but at the time Warren was producing, and I was the singer. You know, it was a duo, a duet for me and him. The problem is Warren wanted to sing, but his ass can't sing. But he can't write. I can never convince. You just go to Warren Allen Brooks. Oh, uh, uh, you can look up his little site. He tried to sing, still trying to sing. That nigga can't sing. Excuse my French. He can't sing worth a shit. Okay, but he can write. And during that period, he was suffering for a little bit of depression. And uh, he used to play this song on the piano. Got your letter from Postman's the other day. So I decided to write you the song just to let you know. But in reality, the song was about Warren writing a song to God, writing a letter to God. I'm, I'm correct. He wrote a letter to God. And God says, I got your letter from the postman the other day. So I decided to write a song just to let you know exactly the way I feel. Let you know my love's real. So the song is about God's love to him. And he loved him so much that he wrote him a song. And for people who are depressed and down, this is what happened. And it could easily translate to a romance song if you don't make it clear. But the truth, after, what has it been now, 33 years, 30-something years? The truth behind the song, God says, I got your letter from the postman. And I wrote you a song. I wrote you a letter. And if you haven't, he said, if you should feel that I don't really care, that you're starting to lose ground, let me reassure you that you can count on me and that I'll always be around because I love you. Get it? I do. That's amazing. And I love that story in that. That story changes 
my mind about that song. It really does because it takes you, it takes it to another level. Mm-hmm. I know it would. And to be honest with you, to be candid, mm-hmm. I play all this stuff for the show because I grew up on it and I love it. It's in my heart. But all I do when I'm with the family and stuff is just mm-hmm. listen to Christian music all the time. Well, guess what? You got another Christian song, right? You got another, and it don't have to be a Christian song. It's a spiritual song. And whoever you might call God in your, in your heart and in your mind, um, that should come to mind when you're listening to that song because who he was calling out to was the creator of everything. And the creator of everything, it says, don't you have no doubts in your mind. I don't care how you're feeling. He's basically saying, I got you. And if you have any doubts, and you're losing ground. He said, let me reassure you that you can count on me. And that I'll always be around. Now look, you don't have to be under no one religion. That's all spirituality, religions feel that. People, human beings feel that in their spirit just like that. And I'm going to leave it like that. That's beautiful, man. Thank, Thank you. you so much Thank for you. sharing that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Be right by your side 
I love you. That changed my whole mind, and thank you for sharing that. That that's an amazing story, Stevie. Thank you. Thanks to Warren. <laughs> do you share Thanks that all the time? <laughs> I do now. I didn't before, but I think our uh, our fan base, our family, uh, oriented now a little older. The song is already done. What it's going to do and doing what it does, but I think it. Uh, opens a whole new door for uh, just uh, understanding and it doesn't hurt to share it now uh, maybe I should have shared it years ago but but you know everything has its time and place Stevie it's got to make you feel good that that song is such an inspirational song and it's your biggest hit on the charts mm-hmm that's pretty cool. I know you've thought about it, but I mean, is that a fair statement, Stevie, to say? Well, you know, as a performer, we're just lucky to even get our music heard and there's so many choices out there. But um, I'm going to be honest with you. When I heard the song, when it was just only new of uh Song, the, my relationship with Warren is more complex with that because at the time when uh, I decided to write some Warren I, and I had not been as a team we had been separated and um, I was on the road and having success and Warren wasn't he was going through some tough times and I kept getting a message at the label and say Stevie this guy Warren Brooks is steadily trying to contact you. Remember, I, I, uh, let me just say, Warren and I hadn't talked for like three years, four years. So I went on and did, you know, Party of Body, Dreaming of Love, all this stuff, and I was having success, and he was not. And uh, they said, um, this is an emergency. He's trying to call you. He was in the hospital in um, St. Pete. And I talked to him, and he said, Steve, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm not doing too good. I'm, you know, 
I said, what the hell is going on, Warren? Yeah, I wasn't feeling too good, man. It was, I hear you all on the radio all the time, you know, this and that. I said, well, you know, you're not writing, you know? Nah, man. I don't even have a keyboard or nothing no more. I said, and at that time, I was just getting ready to do the third album. And I said, well, will they let you out of the hospital? He said, yeah, no, I don't have nothing, you know. I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to B-Land. I had a 13-acre ranch down in um, Fort Lauderdale with beautiful studios and all that. And I said, I want to send you to B-Land. And I say, and I don't want you to think about anything. But in the meantime, I'm going to send you a keyboard. And uh, um, I sent him a keyboard and something that he can record his stuff to. I think it might have been a little 8-track Fostex or something like that. So um, he went, got down to B-Land. I said, I don't want you to think about anything but just feeling better. And me and you going to write. I said, what, and hey, what happened to that book? Used to have the songs. He said, man, I threw that shit away. I said, what? I said, what happened to that um, that uh, postman thing you used to sing? He said, uh, don't worry about that. He said, uh, I remember that. And I only have one verse right now, but I can finish up the verses. I said, well, I want to record that for my album. JP, he wound up writing seven songs on the album. And when you're talking about love and emotion... That is the title of the album. And he wrote Love and Emotion. Uh, he wrote uh, Forevermore. He wrote um, he, he wrote six or seven. If anybody gets the Love and Emotion album, look at the credits. And we recorded Because I Love You off that album. And uh, that album changed his life. Warren Allen became a billionaire. And uh, he got some help and he got his medication and he got happy he couldn't write a fucking other hit <laughs> he got no he got his medicine he, he couldn't write another I said nigga you too happy you need to get sad you need to get off your medicine for like a month and go, you, know, you need to go into depression you can write so much as I said when you were sad you wrote you wrote you came from the pits of your soul I said you too happy right now bro and but he'd been happy ever since. He ain't had no hit records, but let me tell you, yeah, he he made a wonderful living, and he and I talk from time to time. He, we have fun with each other. Good guy. Now, uh, the first one's always going to be special, but that second album with with that all that backstory behind it, it had to be um, that had to be a special time for you. That was the third album. That love and emotion was the third album. Yeah. yeah, that had to be special doing that for a friend, and then. Well, he was um, an associate, but he was talented. Is one thing I can do. I can see hit records coming a mile away, and he was on fire. I mean, it was undeniable. Look, whether we were friendly or not, if he didn't have no, if he had shitty records, it would have never made the album. So he was just in a zone, and when he would bring me stuff. I'm like, this is undeniable because I made it available to everybody that was in my camp. And at that time, I must have had, you know, 10 or 15 people working, band members and so-called writers, producers. And, and I would make them, everybody compete, present me with the top shit, and I would 
put it on the Glenn Gutierrez, Agile Adebay, my drama Dama column. And, and uh, Warren was in the studio. I had a whole team of just creative juices. And I and they were going at it. And if you if you were shitty, I would say that's no, that's not going. That's not good, bro. That's horrible. But my guys didn't bring horrible stuff to me. They knew what to bring and present to me, because I would either do it on me or I would do it on somebody else in my camp. But Warren on that particular album was unstoppable. He was on a roll. It was on that roll. I got to tell you. Stevie, let's go up to Pump That Body. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about that. I love that song. <laughs> well, that song was on the um, uh, uh, Healing album. And uh, that Healing album came about once I you know, had the three platinum albums with... Um, LMR, and I got into a lawsuit with them, and then just they wouldn't pay me and all kind of shit. So I was going through hell with them, and it sent me through you know, just you know just uh, stresses and changes. And uh, what came out of that album is it went into the depths of my soul, and um, I had to get over and get through. Um personal uh, uh, things that I had to overcome. Damaged. 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 And um, at the time I was, uh, Sony Music had come on board. Really was Epic. And um, Richard Griffith from Epic at the time. And he heard the song My Prayer. And he said, whoa, I want that song. And, I, and, you know, I told him, you know, to get me, you have to back me with the lawsuit against the record company and blah, blah, blah. I went through a whole couple of years and I lost a little bit of momentum coming off of a number one record with Because. And um, I couldn't get uh, Sony, which was Tommy Mottola at the time, to get behind me. Rich it was at Epic, which was a... Sony was the parent company and uh, uh, Tommy was so mad at me that I wouldn't sign directly with him which I couldn't because I had signed directly with Richard at Epic so he punished me and he, and he blacklisted me so um, I pretty much have been blacklisted for the last 30 years and I'm just getting back now with this new record um Take it all back. Goes around, comes around. After you know overcoming the Sony thing, it has been like a, a thirty-year journey trying to reinsert myself. And it, believe me, it has gone through a lot since uh, since that. You know, you're talking about three decades. And um, I'm lucky. I'm going to be sixty-five years old, and I think we might have another hit record. I think so too, but is there a background pump that body behind the scenes story about that song? You know, I wanted a dance song, and I was going through a, a, a spiritual thing, and.
and it is, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, wanted to open up. Look, that particular song was just heavy beats, you know. Shake that money, pump that money. And I want to really want to make you want to. You know, new king is going to take control with the beat that's going to move your soul. It's going to make you do more than sweat. Who don't believe I got the move? That's sweat. Don't get ready for the breakdown just to get down to this new song. I'm trying to remember it after 30 years. Stop fucking around, clown. Dance for something. So I was just trying to do something cool, but at the same time say something a little uh, philosophical. So it can have dual meanings, you know. I had fun doing that album, but it was a really, uh, it was a really dark time in my life. All things must change. All things must change. Take that. 
songs that we've talked about that was the fun song besides party that was good that was a fun yeah what pump yeah well pump that body yeah that was that from the from the healing album Uh, since man you're talking so real Mm -hmm. 2001 Mm -hmm. i changed my life i was from 87 to 2001 i was uh you know partying like a rock star i was doing the club scene, DJing, doing live mix shows on the radio, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday nights, you know the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then in 2001, man, I just I was in a bad place, and I, I said to God, I said, God, if you get me out of this situation, mm-hmm. I'll live for you. I'll quit drinking. I'll quit uh, smoking. I'll, quit, mm-hmm. I'll start living mm-hmm. for you. In 2001, I moved down to Florida, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I went and lived with my brother down in um Newport Richie down there close to Clear. <laughs> That's nice. You've been down on Highway 19 before. I know Newport Richie. Yes, sir. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because when I went down there, you came to a club, hmm. a little club down there, and I heard about it on the radio. And I told my brother, I said, I've got to go see Stevie B. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do nothing, do nothing wrong. wrong. No, I ain't going to do nothing wrong. I've, got, I've been waiting my whole life to see that man. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And I decided not to do it because I made that commitment. And, mm-hmm. and look, it came back twofold because I'm having a personal conversation with you and i'm playing you on my radio show and uh Excellent. podcast Excellent. and i'm living my dream stevie i'll never be rich mm-hmm. but i'm living my dream i'm happy man you know well, that is well that's wealth. people don't understand what wealth is but well look you need bread now i ain't gonna be no fool anybody don't, don't want their money they can send all their money to me i'm happy with it so my money don't make happiness <laughs> I ain't never been unhappy with no money. I got you. Whoever says that is, is a, somebody who never had no damn money. But um, uh, but if you overcome things that are you know that are being detrimental to your life and you and you overcome them, that's a that's a great accomplishment. And if you can stick with it, that's even a greater accomplishment. So uh, JP, sounds like you've uh, 
to maintain the crane. No looking back, brother. I'll never even think nothing about it, and I'm around it all the time now. It don't bother me. But back in the first year in, you know, you, you can get drawn in, and I said, I ain't going to do it. But I wanted to tell you that story because with me and you being surreal. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the well, top. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Thank Go you. Ahead. Thank you, man. I have been with mm-hmm. you on this musical journey in time the whole time, and I've never sold you out. But get this party started, Stevie. Let's talk uh-huh. about that, uh-huh. brother. You, Come on now. Talk to me. Uh, which, uh, let me get this party started all night. That one? Let me which, which, which one are you talking about now? I think that one is, let's see. Play it. Shit. I will. I'm going to do it right now. Play it so I can know you remind me. I got a lot of records, bro. Yeah, I do. I remember that you play it. No doubt. Feels like I started on something like that. Let's see if this is it. What year was that? Here we go. Oh yeah. You know that's right. That shit is banging. Diggy, diggy. Don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, bitch. Don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop, don't stop, bitch. Don't stop. I know, I know what you're talking about now. Is that on the Terminator album, I think it is? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So when T-Pain and started coming out with all that stuff, I say, you know, I'm always, I'm always tracking it. No, you got to really know something. I've been on this to tra- after I got kicked off the mountaintop. I've been trying to get back on the mountaintop. I am determined. People don't know what happened. They just think I just happened to just fall off. I didn't fall off. I got kicked off with no parachute. And it, you know, it hurt me. It harmed me. People don't know, but I don't show the harm. I don't show the pain. You don't show people the pain. People don't want to know about your pain like that. Because everybody's going through something. So I try to keep maintaining my creative positioning. And that was a period when uh, T-Pain and all of them came with the I think he did something about the the uh, him and um, Akon. That was hot at that time. I think it was right around that same. It was like ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, no, two thousand and eight. Uh, and yeah, if I remember correctly, is there a date on that track? No, but it was around that time because that's when I started. Uh, well, I came back to North and South Carolina and I started DJing the clubs again, but I did it the right gotcha. way. Gotcha. And that's gotcha. uh, so and that all song, that was about that time. Yeah, that, with the vocoder and all that stuff, and it was hot. And I said, you know, it's just another try at it. Um, I had some smoking tracks on that album. And, uh, you know, that was just another, you know, another effort 
trying to reinvent myself, stay relative and relevant. But uh, they never caught, you know, like I wanted them to. So there were, but there were efforts, no doubt about it. just decided to go back right I said you know what I'm going to do freestyle but I'm not going to disrupt your flow of uh, your programming so yeah that album was pretty damn good as far as 
that recording was excellent. That whole album is like fire. It ain't over. Well, it ain't over. Can I say it's over? Hi. No, 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 no. John preaches to you. Hey. No, 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 no. That shit is so hot, bro. It ain't done till I say it's done. Until Stevie B says it's it over, right there, right, Stevie. Yes, I got it. You got it. <laughs> Tell me a little Good bit track. about that song, brother, because I love that. It's song. just, well, you know, I'm be honest with you. It's just, 
it's just creative. I say, you know, I get into this mindset. I say, who's hot? Let me go see if I can find a lane. And then that, when Akon first came, Akon's got that little, that little whiny voice, and they got the vocal, they got the uh, um, auto tune, and the auto tune was big. You know, I mean, still kind of works with the rappers and stuff. But uh, I said. That was one of my efforts back in 2008, 2009. I thought we had a shot. And, uh, like I say, it didn't, it didn't pan out as big as I wanted it to pan to. Well, Stevie, you was, you was working harder probably than you've ever worked to make it work. And you, and you listen to it now, 10 years later, it sounds awesome. It just didn't get the push. Didn't get the push. Didn't land in the right hands. Like I said, I was blacklisted. Well, brownlisted. Brownlisted. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But here we are, like three decades later. We're still trying it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off. And we're both living our dream. Yes, we are. If you go back to 84 when you put together part of your body and look where you're sitting at now. I'm sitting in my house in Rio de Janeiro. Beautiful home. I just built. built. <laughs> Shazam, baby. Shazam. Got the la- Who's getting that last laugh? Here we go. <laughs> where did the B come from? Stevie B. <laughs> it's actually my middle initial, Stevie Bernard Hill. So at the time, as everybody was, uh, you know, Jenny M and Tommy B and this and that, I said, I don't want to do Stevie Hill. So I said, just, uh, I had to do Steve. I said, okay, just do it in Stevie B. You remember, I don't know if I'm going to be successful now. I just got to come up with some kind of cool little name. And I said, all right, let's put, let's just put Stevie B on there. And the Stevie B stuck. That's awesome. You, I thought about that. I said, where did the B come from? Mm-hmm. Okay, Stevie. It's 2023. But let's back up a couple years before we get mm-hmm. there. Mr. Worldwide come out with a remix of Spring mm-hmm. Love. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that come together. How did you hear about it? Did he contact you? It was an amazing remix. It, I mean, it. I loved it. I mean, it. That nobody can take Stevie uh, B's place. That that had been out. Pitt contacted me like fourteen, fourteen, thirteen, even before then, probably. And he said, I, "Bro, I grew up in Miami. I grew up on a diet of Stevie B my whole teenage years." And he was, uh, he wasn't even big then. He had a couple of cooler records. He was still on TVT Records. He was fighting with them. But Pitt is one of those artists that always finds somebody that he can uh, he can he can uh, boomerang off of. He can he can springboard himself up and then go up and then he'll find someone else. And like he just took the Rob Bass record <clears throat> and he's going to springboard off that and utilize it. So at the time he 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 said, um, "I love Spring Love. Let's do it again." So we had a version of it that never came out. You never heard the real version. That version that everybody did here was done by my friend Massimo out of um, 
uh, Stuttgart, Germany. And he's filmed that video over in Romania at a beautiful club in Romania, the most beautiful girls. And he said, Stevie, let me do it. And I gave my some all of the stems, and he went over and did that dance remix with Pitt's voice on. So he had already cut it with me, but but uh, I couldn't get him authorized that particular the version that we had done. And then I got him to sign off on it, this new version that uh, Massimo did. Stevie B, Spring Love. From the minute that I seen ya, I was sweating ya like a freshman that's a senior. I couldn't even sleep waiting for the next day just to see ya, girl, just to see ya. When you walk by my heart, it skipped a beat like a scratch CD. I was knee deep in the bowl that is L O B E, sprung on Spring Love. Damn, she got me. I remember when we first started, you came to me and you were broken
and it made a little noise. He, it Massimo got a little deal over in in Germany. Made a little noise. It didn't didn't do. People don't want me to touch Spring Love, bro. That shit is like sacrilegious. I'm like, but it's my song. I can do whatever I, I can do whatever I want with it. No, you can't. That shit is like a Bible. You don't you don't rewrite it. You don't touch it. You don't do nothing. And I listen to the fans. I ain't touching it. <laughs> I ain't touching it. That shit is sacrilegious. They like, how dare you? But he, he did that in honor of you. Uh, he didn't do it as a disrespect or anything. We're trying to get big off of it. He, cause he respected you, you so much. Which Stevie one? Blues. Which one? Pit? Uh, a pit bull. Yeah. No, he didn't do anything wrong. That pit didn't do that. So my boy Massimo did that mix with, with pit. But you know uh, what I'm saying that. though. The way yeah, no, I, together, I didn't think it was all respect. I didn't think, well, I wasn't saying, look, look, I didn't mind us trying to chop it up and redo it again. It was the fans. That was brutal. Cause there were many that loved that. They loved that mix. That was pretty good. They don't think about the record that way. That's, but it's real freestyle heads. They taking that shit serious. So, uh, uh, here, like you say, here we are in 2023 and something, some things transpired, uh, with this, uh, new remix, take it all back. And uh, it was included in that, and it wound up working very, very well. We're going to talk about that right now. I want to listen to this. Go back. I was sweating you like a freshman, just a senior. I couldn't even sleep waiting for the next day just to see your girl, just to see ya. When you walk by my heart, skip the beat like a strike CD. I was CD in the bowl that is L O D E sprung on string up and she got it. Taking it all back. Do you remember way back time when the world was so tight and I damn my missus? I damn my missus. We were young, we were wild and free. All I wanted was a boy to feed and I damn my missus.
on it now, Stevie B. I think that's okay. going to be 2023 Song of the Year. I love stop, it that Stop, stop, stop it. I'm serious, Stop it bro. already. No, I'm serious. Stop it already, bro. For the Saturday Night Dance Party, I'm telling you, because that song is all heart. It's all heart. You went back <laughs> to the day. Back yeah. to the day. You went back to that place, and we talked about yeah. the, yep. the magical uh-huh. place. Oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. there's so much in that song, Stevie. It's a lot packed in there, buddy. No doubt about it. Power 96. That's, well, you know, Power 96 to get in medicine, stop a ball. So, you know, we had to tell our story. It's been, you know, going for decades. Nobody has told the freestyle story. We hadn't had any movies yet. There's no documentaries. A couple of ones supposed to be in the making. But I couldn't participate because I told them, I said, I cannot give away my diamonds, my jewels. There's a story here. And um, I have to tell that story. I can't give it to your documentary. And plus, you don't want to pay me. You don't. Want, they don't want to give anything. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to participate in that. I got too much to talk about. And that's the, our, you know, it's our story. And it starts off in that song. And there's much more to go coming up for the future. I mean, I have other things in the works to tell our story. But I think that said it in a six-minute that's six minutes. And plus I have a, I think I have some cut versions in that, in, uh, in that email that's going around. But, uh, that song, it catching on. Everybody's like, damn, he back. In 1984, nobody could tell us anything, could they, Stevie? They couldn't no tell way. us nothing. Nothing. We was, we was just doing our thing. We were free. And we had to worry about all this stuff. The world got really complicated. You know, uh, we didn't worry about some of the stuff we worry about now. When so the I got to tell you. When the world wasn't so uptight. Tight. That's what it might have been uptight to people that were older than us. But for, I mean, I was already 29 by the time I already had a part of your body. But it wasn't complicated like this. This is just toxic. It's just... It's just nonstop so much. People are suffering from fucking life, uh, life toxic syndrome shit. Just overwhelming. And I hope my music just takes their mind off that shit a little bit. It does. And that song takes you back to that happy place because that's the whole point of the Saturday night dance party is to say, hey, look, what are we doing this weekend, Stevie? Are we going to go to the club <laughs> on Friday and Saturday night? Are we going to go cruise? What I've got yeah. to get something to wear, man. I got to go to the mall yeah. and find this yeah. shirt. Yeah. You went to you know, That was the most complicated thing you had to do in your life. What am I wearing this weekend? What? And what Come new on, dance man. move are you doing at the club, Stevie? Come on, talk to me. All right. So that's this is the essence of that song. So when Sama did the mix, he's calling me. I say, we need some nostalgia in there. I, I say, He sent me back the mix, and I'm like, bro, you got it. He did it. And, and Felix was one of the ones that grew up with us down in Miami, and he had that same feeling about Party of Body, Jamie Lou Love, Spring Love. And then I wanted him to go continue. It would have been eight minutes. I'd say put Funky Melody. I got a lot of hits I would like to have 
dabbled in there. But he said, this shit's going to be like an hour and a half long, bro. You can't go that long. I say, we might have to do one. Might not get on radio, but guess what? I know our diehard fans would be like, oh, my God, that's my hit. That's my record, bro. That's my record. So that can be another remix because I got more hits. You know what you can do is you can go back to that time in the in the early 90s on that third album. That second, yeah, third album, and then chop something yeah. else out. Because he didn't do In My Eyes. He didn't do I Want to Be the One. He didn't do Stop the Love. He didn't do a Funky Melody. Man, I got a lot of hits he could have went and, t- and touched on. I respect you because you're the man, but I'm telling you that song is perfect. It's perfect. Well, let's hopefully let's hopefully terrestrial radio uh, Sirius XM already called for the record, which is a big deal. So next week um, we're going to start a radio campaign. I got some heavy hitters that are going to do uh, you know radio marketing and promotions. We're going to hit all the DJs. So this is going to be a thing in the works. Uh, maybe by summertime. It may just be getting into its uh, form. That'll be the perfect you know? time. Because right now... Wouldn't, it be a, wouldn't this be a good spring record, spring-summer record? Come on, man. It's going to be perfect because it feels good. It makes you feel good. I'm feeling good. Me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good, on cloud bro. nine, brother. I mean, I'm... I'm feeling good. Do you feel like you did when you went to the skating rink? Mm-hmm. Do you feel, I'm telling you. Do you feel as good now as you did when you went to the basement? This, this, you know. That song takes when the you place there, in, don't it? When the place in the place to be was skating, and I know you miss it. I know you miss it. And the DJ would make it free when he played Brian Rocko, Stevie B. Them jams was hit. Damn right they hit it. We took the love, the sound of love on the radio. Power 96, the kid, it made us unstoppable. They say good music never gets so. It should move your soul. I know you know. Come on, man. That's it, man. What are you talking about? They ain't nothing like that right now. It ain't coming from no freestyle artist. They can say, ain't no artist brought it together like that. It's nobody. And I mean nobody doing anything to make you fall in love with the beat. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Okay, so Stevie B may have something very special. Let's, you know, y'all pray for me, bro. Y'all pray for me, dog. I got <laughs> y'all pray for me, dog. Y'all pray for me, dog. But you, what you did was you took, you took 30 or 40 years off people's lives that stood with you the whole time. That's funny. That's and funny. You took them back to that happy place with this Ooh, song, man. What? And they can't get away. And it's new. It's oh, fresh. That's, it's fresh. I took nostalgia and made it new again. You know, it's coming. Oh, I'm feeling it now, bro. That damn thing hit you like it hitting everybody. It hitting everybody the same way. The more you hear Bam. it, the more you find nuggets. You, you better go in there. And, and this ain't a one-listen record. You need to go in there and see what the hell is going on. And if you a DJ, you know you can you say, hey, did he use such a... Oh, no, he didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, I'm a did. And I mean, it's like ain't nothing missing. Okay, ain't nothing missing out of there. 
The only thing it's the only thing it's missing, Stevie, is your hair. Where's the hair? Let it grow, bro. Let <laughs> it go. Let me do it, bro. My wife won't let me do it. I want my mustache back. She don't like mustaches, bro. <laughs> she don't like the mustache. I let the hair. My hair. hey, look at sixty five. My shit will still grow it looks too. Awesome. That's what I'm saying. You should let it grow. Not the. Not she the won't let me, you. bro. Stevie, you got. I'm gonna have to wear a wig down, on man. stage. I'm gonna have to wear a wig on stage or something. To take us back with my lines and shit. You could do the lines. Let me do it, you bro. really could. The lines I can do. The lines I'm, I can do. I mean, but that shit is just hard to take off when it's that long. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna be dealing with all that hair, bro. I live in the tropics too, you know. That shit, I'll be sweating like a pig up here. But 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 we got something special. Do you do you miss the hair, Stevie? No, I don't. <laughs> You don't miss the hairspray. That's too bad. I don't need this. I just cut this. This was, the, you know, I like it. This, this is the height I love. I go in my pool. I come out of there. I take a little, you know, put me a little shampoo, conditioner, and then bam. That other hair, that shit is hard to just, hard to take. That shit's hard to manage. What did uh, Stevie? The, the, ain't it awesome to do these explosions or concepts of it of the shows with all these people that you? that you came up with I, gotta, I like it but i like doing my own own concert i get to i don't have just i have a limit i have a limit of 45 minutes i can't do all my hits and people got hit i got a lot of hit records that not necessarily was on radio so i got dream about you i got this that the other i got those records that you just played that i like to experiment with but when you do the festivals um, we don't get an opportunity to go deep into the catalog. By the time I just do my hits, I'm, it's over. But I'm going to do probably next year, I'm going to do the Take It All Back tour, the musical, the hits and the history. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to bring, bring one or two out with me. I don't have to do the big arenas. I can do mid-size if I want to. And, um, and, 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 but it's going to be a special type of show that tells that story that's coming across and take it all back. The thing is, let's take it all back and get those feelings that I know, not just you and me, but you got millions of fans who, who live that same experience and they miss it. And I'm going to give it back to them. And I can't wait for it either, Stevie. Now, thank you, my, thank you, my brother. Absolutely. But I got my finger back on, baby. You got it on there. Whoa. You got the thumb on there, man. You are you're kicking. And I got other around. stuff. I got stuff in the I got stuff in the can and in the pipeline, ready to come behind it too. And the, and it's and, strong. And me too. And I can't wait for it too, Stevie. The thing Thank is, you too, is brother. I appreciate it. This is where good music never dies. It's the Saturday night dance party with Jam and JP in the mix.